This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson, giving you exclusive insight into our Braves. From Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into Batter Up on this Wednesday, April 27th. Caleb Johnson and with my co-host Joe Patrick. Joe, how you doing, man? I'm good. I think I'm doing a little bit better than the Braves here as of recent. <laughs> well, um, I wouldn't take much. <laughs> right, I know, exactly, right? Eyes are healthy, first of all. We'll, we'll get into that. But uh yeah, it's been a little bit of a been a little bit of a rough go here, Caleb, and I got to say that my, you know, I was very much like in the don't panic boat <laughs> a few weeks ago. And I got to say that, or a few weeks ago, of course, that was before the start of the season. But, you know, as of even last week, starting to change a little bit. Not not saying I'm panicking, but I'm starting to, I think, adjust my priors, as they say in the political realm. I'm starting to kind of reassess what this team is, try to, try to take an honest view of where the team is struggling and what that, therefore, what its outlook is for the rest of the season, especially with the Mets kind of running away from the rest of the NL East right now. Yeah, so Joe, you know, you and I do sports flashes here at the station, and whenever I'm writing mine, I try to find some little nugget of information that I can include that's just not the common thought or whatever. And when I was writing my flashes today, uh, the Braves have not won a series since opening weekend. Like, that. that's just hard to believe. Like, the fact that it's been this long that they're kind of they're doing that win a couple but in a four game series um or drop really frustrating ones like they did to the Miami Marlins uh that had <laughs> i think last night's performance uh you know beating the cubs it had John Fricky so excited this morning he was talking about the Braves have a chance to win the series and i was like hold on now it's just game 1 <laughs> yeah uh and and the problem is 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 uh I was asked over the weekend like hey what do you think is the Braves problem right now and I honestly I turned to the person I said pick one yeah you know, e- honestly everything yeah well and, and that's not um that's not how you would normally feel about a reigning world champion team <laughs> right. that yeah, yeah. that that didn't uh I would say 
a reigning world champion team that didn't just like sell for parts kind of thing like that mostly brought back the same uh the same roster it honestly it's a it's a bit eerily similar to the Atlanta Hawks uh who last year went on mm. a magical run that ended in the Eastern Conference Finals they brought back pretty much the same exact team swapped a couple of parts uh and then as most people you know who keep up with Atlanta sports saw they were out in the first round uh, regular season so, feels boring after that right yeah <laughs> well and 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 basketball plays half the games <laughs> yeah. that major league baseball does which is honestly which is you know for everyone who's who's uh who was in my mentions last week i i loved i i came with a little hot take and something that i'm still kind of sticking with uh as far as you know the braves needing to make some changes in the outfield now they don't have much of a choice as we'll get into in a bit um but i had everyone in my mentions being like are you serious the braves are are 14 games in you know like how are you already panicking and it's like well because i see things that could linger Mm -hmm. Uh, i see things that can't just get immediate change um and that concerns me you know it concerns me at the fact of you pretty much have who you have uh in the starting rotation you have who you have in the bullpen you pretty much have who you have uh in the lineup out in the field and yet you keep just seeing different things that um that are red flags on top of having some some really really positive aspects to think of. you know Matt Matt yeah. has been great this year yeah uh, Ozzy Ozzy Albies incredible season so far I think he's tied for leading the league in home runs you know it's, it's just leads the uh, league in solo homers <laughs> okay um I don't know if that's a fact I'm just it seems like every, I think every homer that he's hit has been a solo homer yeah well it's kind of you know that's a Braves theme isn't yeah, it yeah of uh I, I think it was um two nights ago you know against the Marlins that they finally hit a home run Austin Riley hit a home run with somebody on base that was just like oh wow whoa, whoa. uh yeah so a lot of things to be concerned about and yet Joe there's like still the positive light of hey Ronald Acuna is right around the corner sure. yeah. you know yeah. already at truest field made his appearance and was taking pictures with uh with Dale Murphy's grandkids, you know, yeah, just like all around great. good feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot, just how we are reacting to the Braves start to the season and then kind of sputtering. And it, it's just a shock to the system. And I think it's a shock to the system because it's re- I think that the start to this season really opens our eyes to just how good the Braves were last year. And it didn't just start in the playoffs. It was the run to make the playoffs. Like ever since that trade deadline, they all of a sudden became the best team in baseball. They had a they played 6-11 baseball last year after the, in the second half, 44 and 28 overall. And I was just kind of spouting these stats off to you earlier. They were 44 and 28 in the second half. 17 of those 28 losses were by one run. They only lost by more than two runs like wow. five times in the whole second half of last year. So um, that's just an insane period of results. And I think that for that reason, we're just not quite used to seeing what we're seeing here with the you know players making simple mistakes. And overall, I think it's just the inconsistency of the roster pretty much from top to bottom. I guess instead of except for like Kenley Jansen and Austin Riley and maybe like a couple other players, pretty much everybody else 
has had periods that have really cost the team at times. And especially when you look at the rotation, Max Fried didn't get off to the greatest start to the season, though he's certainly rounding into form. Charlie Morton now kind of struggling as of his last few starts. When you are so inconsistent in so many areas, it just opens you up. It makes you vulnerable to losing in ways that we never saw this team lose last year. Last year, it seemed like they were the opposite of that. They were extremely consistent. They didn't often lose. Even when they did lose, it was often by one run, as I was just saying. So it's just, I think it's just a little bit of a shock to the system to see the team not just sputtering in terms of the results, but the way that it's happening, I think is, uh, that's why I think people are kind of so panicky and and I'm getting there as well. Well, and I also need to come with something, Joe, that is just a reality check for the Braves and, and for fans who are watching them. I've had a lot of people talk to me about, hey, you know, the Braves record right now is the exact same record they had last year at this point, you know, and mm-hmm. and then, you know, they weren't 500 until August and, you know, the trade deadline really, uh, you know, massively uh, revamped this team and I can't wait till we get till this year's trade deadline and and we can go trade Miami for Jorge Soler and get Soler back and you know all, all of these kinds Ba-da-boom. of yeah. yeah all of these theories being thrown out here and I honestly I, I have a wake-up call like that was last year and the likelihood of repeating that <laughs> is second to none mm. I mean Honestly, Joe, there, there's something that I think we need to come to grips with, which is Alex Anthopoulos pulling off highway robbery at the trade deadline isn't going to happen again. Yeah. Like Teams are going to be looking at Alex Anthopoulos and going, wait, why do you want this guy from us? He's not performing well. You, Oh, you, you want him? Either going to do one or two things. Either they're going to drive the price up and be like, well, if you like him so much, then, you know, we need this prospect from you or, or, or whatever. Or they're going to go, oh, Alex thinks this guy is going to turn it around. Maybe we hold on to him. Like the, this idea that the Braves are just going to repeat what they did last year. Uh, the division sucked. The division was terrible last mm-hmm. year. The Mets started off really hot and absolutely bombed. Now, plenty of people are like, hey, the Mets could do that very same thing again this year. And it's possible. However, uh, they're pulling they're pulling off what they're doing right now without their number one starter. And and like the, the idea, you know, Jacob deGrom coming back full strength for them uh could cause them to be a very scary team. It seems like uh Francisco Lindor has figured out whatever struggles he was going through last year and now the Braves aren't just going to be able to easily, you know, get, I don't know, eight, nine, ten games behind and and carry that on and then just have a hot second half of the season and turn things around. I just I get so concerned at this idea of there's no need to worry because the Braves have figured it out before like this isn't last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the standings right now from last year. What do you what record do you think came in second place in the NLEs last year? Do you have any guess what the record would have been? It was the Philadelphia okay. Phillies who All came right. in second last year. So the Braves won 88 games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let me see. The Phillies won, let's say they, they won 80 games. They won 82. They were 82, 82. and 80. So very close. I mean, you got one. Of, okay. Yeah. So 82. So like, yeah, I mean, the Braves, they won the division going away, you know, 
at they, with a sweep over the Phillies in the second to last uh, series of the season. And they still had, you know, by far, they had a worse record than the, than the wild card teams in, yeah. in, in, the, in the National League overall over the course of the season. So sure. all, that, all, that, all that is to say is that you're right in that the Braves cannot rely on just like having the same trajectory as last year, you know, because if you do that, you're almost certainly not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Even if they did play 600 ball after the all-star break and finish with 88 wins, you know, like it, it, that probably wouldn't get them in. So um, yeah, I think you're right that it's, it is a different year. You have to hold this team to a higher standard. And yes, while Ron Cunha Jr.'s out and we know that he's obviously going to provide an impact, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, you're right that they are still playing essentially with most of the same parts that they won the World Series with last year. So there isn't really the excuse of, oh, well, we're we're just struggling because we need Ronnie to come back. He's certainly going to help, but, you know, they really should be winning more now. And one more stat to throw at you. You're talking about interesting stats about winning series and things like that. Um, the Braves are 0-3 so far in rubber matches a series. So in their three, they've played three three-game series so far this year. In each of those series, they've split the first two and had a rubber match in the third one, in the third game, and they're 0-3. Last year in rubber matches, in that same scenario, they were 13-5. and So they've, al- they've almost already like matched their, lo- their losses in rubber matches uh, from all of Over last year. Over the entire year. season. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Well... So, like you were saying, the optimism is, you know, Ronald Acuna is going to come back and he's going to fix everything, right? You know, Joe? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just going to come back. He's going to hit a million home runs. He's going to steal a million bases and just fix all of the Braves' problems. Well, we know that's not going to happen. However, it's been really exciting to see what he's pulled off uh, down when Gwinnett was playing in Jacksonville. I know my uncle got to catch one of the games and it was the funniest thing because he sends me a video and essentially like a scouting report of how uh, Acuna <laughs> had it. played that night. <laughs> and one of them was the fact that, you know, like Acuna on his, he hits a single and immediately, you know, steals second. And my uncle caught it on video and I posted on Twitter and people just like blew it up. They absolutely loved just, oh, yeah, look, his legs look fine. You know, <laughs> legs look great. He's ready to come back. Uh, and I had uh, uh, John Fricky was in the studio with me when I was working a Hawks game last week. And, you know, it was kind of like, come on. I mean, there's just absolutely no reason that they can't just bring him back now. And it's like they have to ramp him up. He's not even uh, not even completely playing full games yet uh, because they don't want to overdo. This is a very delicate injury. They want to work him back slowly. I think they were they're working now towards him playing like back to back games, yep. uh, that sort of thing. You know, it's just like I don't know how how do you how do you look at this, Joe? No, exactly. He'll play seven innings tonight. By the way, tonight we're recording this on Wednesday. We should have this out by Wednesday afternoon. Um, and then he'll play a nine innings Thursday. And then I'm curious to see what they do with him because the the Stripers then have two more home games on Friday and Saturday. Um, so I'll be interested to see what they do with him then. Cause I do think that he will be up by May 2nd, but you're right. I mean, like they have to, they have to build him up and it's funny. You mentioned Fricky. I was on the uh, radio with him this morning, him and Hugh on the morning show talking about this situation. And it sounds silly to talk about, but, um, you really do need to like build up your endurance in order to be able to stand around, <laughs> you yeah. know, like just to, like to be able to stand for that long well, period of time. Because you think about it, you know, an athlete like him is not normally just in a standing position like that for that long of a period of time. Usually, if he's training, he's hitting 
a lot or doing fielding drills or whatever, he's actually moving his body. You can get a little bit stiff when you're just standing around. I think any of us who have worked a job where you're doing a lot of that, whether, you know, because I worked at a fast food restaurant or something like that at a grocery store, like when you're just standing around, it can actually cause some stress on the knees specifically. So they got to build that, get him ready for that. And there's also like 142, 144 games left in the mm-hmm. season. Like, yeah, like yeah. there's a lot of games left to be played in the season, which, you know, obviously goes towards people saying, don't panic now. But for Acuna's purposes, it's like, that's a lot of games yet to be played where he needs to ramp up his endurance to be able to play in all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, or as many of, you know, Freddie Freeman's not here, so he doesn't have to play in all. But uh, as many as he can. <laughs> Sorry, got to get well that done. dig well in. Well done. Any, any chance, you know. Uh, but, you know, he, he's got to build up his, his ability so that he doesn't, because he's got, I expect he's going to come out the gates really hot. Uh, what he's doing down in Gwinnett has been hilarious, uh, or I should say, so far what he's done in Jacksonville has been hilarious, where, I mean, he was, he was stealing any and every base he could. I think he hit a double uh, in the same game that my uncle was at, and on a single, he ran home. Like, he was just like, I'm, yeah. I'm just going for it, you know? <laughs> like, and I have to imagine the Braves are watching the tape, you know, the next day or whatever, and just kind of like cringing at the, yeah. please, please, just <laughs> the, calm down. The just, head first slide yeah. into home and then like jumping up and like yeah. giving a bit, <laughs> that like, big like, celebration. Yeah, like, it, it's, it. yeah it's, it's one of those, like it's almost like he's trying to, I mean, I get it. From Ronald's perspective, he's done with the days of riding the bus and, and, and living the minor league life. He wants to be back in the majors. And he wants to be back with with his big league club, because um, he loves the game truly. But it's just like you have to imagine the all of the training staff just being like chill, 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 chill. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll bring you back. We'll bring you back. Okay, yeah. just calm down. It's like you're trying to like rein in a thoroughbred, you know, like trying yeah. to get, not get him to run so fast. It's just kind of impossible sometimes. You know, it, honestly, it's funny watching Ronald play in these these AAA games has really brought into focus something for me, which is just like his talent and his competitive spirit, which is he's on such a high level that it, it, it's no disrespect to like the other guys in AAA or whatnot, but like he clearly does not want to be there because he feels that like if he's able to play baseball, he should be doing it at the highest possible level against the highest possible competition to help his team, you know, win the highest possible achievement. And so it's just really cool to watch an athlete who who plays like that. And athletes who do that are just not scared of any moment. And I think that that's Ronald Acuna Jr. to a T. Like, he'll never be overwhelmed on a baseball field. Brian Snicker said this. Like, he'll never, he'll just never be overwhelmed on a baseball field. He has too much fun. He has too much fun doing it um, because of his talent. You know, he's just, he's so good at the game. It's fun for him at all times. And he probably wants to be in the highest leverage situations possible. He wants to be in the in that batter's box with the game on the line, you know. Um, and so it's just I think that that's really coming to focus watching him uh, play the way he has in AAA. It's not like he's been like, I mean, he's been very good, uh, especially with regards to his injury and what we want to see. Like athletically, he looks great. So, you know, he doesn't have any home runs or anything yet, but you know, you can just see that he's ready for the next challenge, which is going to be coming up to the majors and and helping the Braves, which they desperately need as help. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, well, so we go from one guy who is coming back from injury to another guy in the outfield who is headed towards the injury list, or he's already on there, honestly. Uh, Eddie Rosario, this was a, this was a strange one, Joe. Uh, because you know what I you know what I don't like about what happened with with this Eddie Rosario injury, it brought out the conspiracy theorist in me, which doesn't <laughs> appear very often. Not just it you, honestly, I've heard it from multiple people. Uh, yeah, it it doesn't appear very often. Um, I'm not one to jump into the we never landed on the moon or blah 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 whatever type of stuff, but Eddie Rosario. <laughs> hitting the injured list for what they're listing as might be 8 to 12 weeks um, for swelling in his right eye, and they're, they're, he's going to have laser eye correction surgery uh, to fix at least his ret- right eye. I don't know if it was... They didn't really say, clarify if it's both, but specifically we know it's his right eye. It's the right eye, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, that's having corrective surgery and um, has been dealing with swelling. When you saw this, first thought in your head, because I'll give you mine in a minute. I actually thought it made a lot of sense. I was like, okay, this is this explains why not only has he been so bad at the plate, which, you know, that it's been well documented so far, but to me, the one that stands out is that, that terrible error that he had in San Diego where he was camped under a fly ball and it just he just missed it. And like you never, ever see that in the major leagues. Not like a guy who's like literally just camped underneath the ball and it just goes off his glove. Almost never, I should say. So um, that was shocking. And I went, was wondering why that happened. So when I heard about the the eye thing, I was like, okay, well, I guess I guess that makes sense. And by the way, I, we should say off the top, I, you know, I all, all of our best wishes to Eddie Rosario in getting Absolutely. this fixed because yeah. a retina issue, He's they say he's having laser surgery on the retina. That's a very important part of, I mean, it essentially is your eye it's like functioning it's like translating what you see into your visual field into your brain so that you can compute it so uh it's a very important part it's actually almost like kind of the brain so um hope he recovers but with that said let's hear the conspiracy theory okay well it was just the fact of um what was he hitting like 
056 or 068, something like that. It was, you know, terrible, terrible, terrible numbers. Um, The Braves gave him, I wouldn't say a large contract. 068. 068, okay. Um, I was about to say, that was in one of my flashes the other day. Uh, But, so, hitting terribly, Braves just gave him a two-year deal. Uh, So, he's at least signed through next season. You're hitting this poorly you start going through the checklist of what could it be. And I think, honestly, one of the first things you go to is your mentals. You know, hey, everything good in your head. You know, you need to go see a sports psychologist. Is something off? Like, do we need to get that checked? Okay. Um, And then, I mean, your body, you start going to, hey, you got any aches and pains? Um, I think we even, we joked at one point of, uh, a couple weeks ago, or maybe just a week ago, of of seeing Eddie Rosario like hit the injured list for you know some like unspecified things so they could bring somebody else up because it was like it had reached that level, mm-hmm. especially him and Alex Dickerson, uh, as as poorly as they were both hitting. But then I think you reach the eyes, and because uh, I think someone asked Dave O'Brien about this on Twitter, you brought this to my attention about hey. He gets a physical done at the beginning of the season. Like, how do they miss this? And the thought, at least, is, well, they maybe didn't miss it, but maybe this is something that's popped up since he had that physical at the beginning of spring training. I'm just wondering if this is something that's been bugging Eddie Rosario, not the swelling, but the needing corrective vision uh, sort of thing. If this Mm -hmm. has been something that's bothered him for a while, and when you just start performing this poorly, you start going down the, could it be? And like, should we just go ahead and it, I mean, it is a long season and you're hitting this poorly. You're not helping the team. Let's go ahead. Let's get you the corrective surgery and see if this is it, you know, or oh, that's, a, that's a bad pun, uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, but, but honestly, but, but let's, let, let's, let's try and see if this is the issue um, exhausting all of their resources to try to best help Eddie because he was a big signing and is going to be a part of this team for much longer than this season. That's why I start going into the conspiracy mode a bit of like, is this really the issue or is this just something they're addressing because the, I mean, every part of his game had gotten so poor. Is it something he was dealing with, but it's only now getting to the point where it's like yeah. really tangibly affecting him on the field. Yeah. I got you. Who knows? I mean, maybe, um, because sometimes a lot of these things with eyes, I mean, I'm no doctor, but I did stay at a holiday Inn express last night. <laughs> um, they, they, they are kind of, um, degenerative or they just like, they get yeah. worse and worse over time. So sometimes they're not an acute thing, but to the point, um, you know, the Dave O'Brien tweet where he was responding to somebody a couple days ago, he seemed to indicate that it was something that happened specifically to him, like after uh, during spring or some sometime after, you know, the team had started training together in spring training. So um, I don't really, I don't really have a whole lot to add other than that. I feel like the Braves will benefit from this move just because of how bad he was. Like pretty much anybody is going to be better than yeah. what he was providing with his well, 0, 068 batting average. And maybe it looks like that guy's going to be Travis DeMeritt, who uh, was, I, had a great <laughs> night last night. I was just about to say, you know, I, I said a week ago, and I still stand by my point, even though uh, I realize 
the reality is Michael Harris is still too young. Uh, he's still too fresh into his career to really be given a shot. I still think he'd perform really well if given the shot, mm-hmm. and I still think the Braves should do it, but that's because that's the move that I would make. That's not the move that I think that this Braves team will make. Uh, they're going to be more cautious. Bringing up Travis Demerit, perfect uh, opportunity of a guy. It's funny how it worked where Demerit actually gets brought up because of Austin Riley having a kid, mm-hmm. and they <laughs> needed Demerit to be there to cover third. And then, boom, oh, hey, how convenient. You know, we need you to go play uh, another position you're pretty comfortable with out in right field. And he's done pretty decent job so far. Yeah. And, uh, I mean... I don't. I haven't seen every fielding play that he's had, but I haven't heard anybody complain about the fielding issues. Yeah, no, he had a great night last night. He had a sliding catch in in foul territory, which was kind of like the defensive highlight for the Braves in the game. And then, of course, it's the home run to the to the chop house, which was great. And he had a really cool moment with a fan where he like high fived her when he came around the bases. It was really cool, um, and it was also cool. Caleb last night to talk to some of the guys in the clubhouse. We talked to Max Freed and he played with Travis Demerit in Mississippi because Demerit's been a guy who's been a little bit all over the place. He came up, well, he was drafted by the Rangers. The Braves ended up picking him up and he spent most of his time with the Braves and the Miners, but then the Braves flipped him to Detroit for Shane Green when they picked up Shane Green. Um, ah in the you know the reliever in the 2019 season mm-hmm. then he came up had a cup of coffee with the tigers uh but it still struggled tigers obviously part you know let, let him go and braves reclaimed him um so it's been kind of cool to hear from max and um you know just kind of him reminisce about like the player that demerit was when they were together in trip and double a and uh just kind of cool for it felt like everything was kind of coming full circle and he's from here too so he kind of grew up a braves fan and um, just a really kind of cool moment for him, and hopefully it can be something that kind of gives him a, a bit of a launching pad for him to stay up for a while, because I think he will be. I mean, as much as we wanted like one of these bright young prospects, because we can't wait to see these guys always, um, it seems like it's going to be Travis Demerit who's earning his spot to stay up here for a while, so good for him. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's funny, too. The Braves are really going all in on, on the hometown kids. Like, they're just, you know... Now, are you from the state of Georgia? Cool, we want you. you know, <laughs> yeah. That's what it. That's what it's kind of felt like. And and I felt like the Harris, like bringing up Michael Harris, is one of those they they've been willing to, as I said a couple weeks ago, like take the tags off of some of these minor league players, uh, and maybe pull guys before they're truly ready. Uh, like I mean, bringing up Spencer Strider, bringing up Bryce Elder, these are guys who in in all reality aren't ready yet, but they're showing that they can perform on the highest level, which is why I'm like, okay, I mean, so Michael Harris can too, at least I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, eh, but given all of that, not having to take the tags off of Michael Harris and saving and getting another year of control, because you know baseball general managers love that, uh, and getting this out of Travis DeMerit still coincides with my overall theory that I think the biggest thing the Braves will do this year is get more out of their own guys than just making some like big splashy trades of bringing in other guys like they did last year. I I think yeah, it's just, just, it just seems like this is more of a season of find out what you have from your own, even a guy like Travis Demerit, who was, who was playing down in Gwinnett and who really didn't have a role. Uh, But like you said, I mean, Anything was better than what you were getting out of Eddie Rosario and Alex Dickerson, uh, and it seems like in his 
small sample size that he's showing that. Yeah, I kind of joked after the Eddie Rosario news broke that's like, well, at least Alex Anthopoulos has experience in, you know, shopping for an outfield. But in this case, I think that, you know, he doesn't necessarily need to go out and buy from outside the market. Like he, I think that yeah. he's got some solutions, maybe, you know, internal and one that hasn't really been discussed, which at least that I've seen. I mean, I'm sure everybody's always talking about him a little bit, but drew waters, it seems like, you know, and I know that he, he's banged up. I think he hasn't, he's dealing with a hamstring right now, so he's not totally healthy, but you know, this seems like the perfect time for him to come up to this team. It's like, he, he's not blocked, you know, but it just seems like the performance isn't there. You know, it's, it's like weird how he's kind of been this almost mythical creature within the Braves farm yeah. system. Always held up as like this, you know, the next heard him compared to like Chipper Jones and stuff like that. But the strikeout rate has always been high in the minors. I think that that's something that concerns the Braves. And it's just interesting to me that he's not the name that a, a lot of people, not just you, Caleb, but a lot, I see a lot of fans who are. Who have Michael Harris has essentially vaulted Drew Waters yeah. in terms of like who who people want to see more. And I was actually having this discussion with somebody a couple of days ago after they saw me talk about, hey, I think the Braves should bring up Michael Harris. And uh, someone said to me, well, pff, I mean, if the Braves aren't going to bring up Drew Waters, they need to just trade him. And my response was, for what? I mean, honestly, like like that is the tough position that they are in with Drew Waters, and I think the reason why they're going to keep him right where he's at, first off, not healthy, so you're not going to trade an injured player, uh, but also just kind of not entirely sure what you're going to get out of him yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think, uh, you know, I mean, he's a guy that, he's he's now a guy you would have to package with other players if you were to make any sort of trade. Like, he is not, he's not the, the, main part of any sort of deal because you even think about I mean look how even how well Christian Pache is performing for Oakland but they packaged Pache and Shane Langoliers in that yeah. deal to, yeah. to to go get Matt Olson and to pay his contract you know like like uh I don't it, it's just not that simple of hey well we're not using Drew Water so we need to just trade him and go get something good for him like it, it doesn't quite always work that easy yeah well, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see what happens with the Braves outfield, but they certainly kind of need need help right now, and at least they're going to get it soon with Acuna. But we'll see if they they need more. Um, we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Caleb, I wanted to uh, I do, I want to do a little thing. I'm calling this a health check on the rotation. I just wanted to kind of go through the guys right now and just get some quick thoughts on all of them. Um, okay. 
kind of your opinion of, of each of them from how they perform so far this season. So well, we can just start off with Max Fried, who pitched last night for the Braves. Um, another good start, his second in a row. Not as good as the one before where he had a you know perfect game going through until Knox Bardeen jinxed him. But um, <laughs> yeah. still a, a good outing, and I think it shows that he's on the right trajectory. So my whole thing about Max Fried has been, I said this before the season started. You know, we talked about, oh, do the Braves have any Cy Young candidates? And I said, no. Uh, because Max Fried is the number one. He's not going to be terrible. Like, he is a really, really, really good starting pitcher. He is just not in the category of the best in the in the mm-hmm, National sure. League, mm-hmm. which is okay. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Like, you don't have to have the best pitcher in baseball to win another championship. You didn't have to have it to win a championship last year. Uh... So that's where I'm at with Max Reed is just like really good is going to have some poor performances every now and then. And then really solid nights like he did last night where, um, you know, yeah, he's not going for a no hitter or anything, but just about as solid as you can get six innings out of a guy and only giving up a run, uh, you know, essentially probably gets to the microphone and says, ah, if I had that one pitch back, you know, it's a completely different night. And he's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just nothing that I'm concerned about. Yeah, I totally agree with you on the whole Cy Young thing. It's like not everybody needs to be a yeah. Cy Young contender. You know, he can yeah. be perfectly fine being like one of the top 15 starters in baseball, even though he's kind of probably clearly not one of the top three or four. You know, that's totally sure. fine. Still very, very good pitcher. Um, Charlie Morton going tonight. Been a little bit Oof. of a different story. I'm a little <laughs> yeah. bit concerned. And I'll always be concerned when Charlie Morton struggles just because of his age. I don't know. Are you are you with me? Do you think he's going to get a turnaround? I don't know, Joe. I, this is the I, – I remember, and I'd have to pull the tape back, uh, last season when they gave him the new contract, the two-year deal, My everybody was like, oh, this is such a smart deal. I mean, come on. This is a no-brainer. The Braves have to bring back Charlie Morton. And I went, you're signing a 40-year-old? Like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care how good he is. I, I mean – He's not Tom Brady, you know, like like you're signing a 40-year-old pitcher. He's 39 this year. He'll turn 40. Like, that's always going to make me uncomfortable. And so, yes, especially when he comes out and, and granted, I'll hear him out. He's come post-game a couple of times and been like, essentially, it was a matter of three pitches that completely changed his night. And how many times did we see that last season <laughs> yeah, yeah. where it was like, I mean, just one you inning. You had that one inning. And, well, and, and and I'll go even a step further, Joe. You know, there was a certain New York Met that came out yesterday, New York Met pitcher, who ripped Major League Baseball for the fact that baseballs are not the same mm. between innings. He was like, he was like I- I'm throwing one baseball in the third inning and I'm throwing a different one in the fourth. And that made my head explode. Cause I hmm. was like, Holy cow. I mean, look at some of these guys performances and go, man, he had really good stuff until he reached the fifth inning and then it all fell apart. And I was like, is he throwing with a different baseball? Yeah, like, yeah. Did that, ch- you know, I mean, I mean, honestly, and that's a, that's a, I mean, I get, I get no excuses, blah, 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 whatever. But that's just something in the back of my mind um, when it comes to Charlie Morton, 
uh, I'm amongst every other guy, but Charlie specifically, where I'm just kind of like, huh, I wonder, just because he can have such good command, and then it kind of gets out of nowhere. But, nevertheless, yes, age will always be a concern with him, yeah. and something that until he has three to four consistent starts together... I'm still. I'm just gonna be nervous every time it goes. <laughs> I agree. I mean, you know, we we talk about him having not, the one inning, which was like the mantra of everybody talking about him last year. Um, yeah. But the problem was that sometimes those innings would happen in like the first or second inning, <laughs> and if that does, then he's got to be yanked, and um, and then it kind of throws you all out of whack in terms of having to use the bullpen and all that. So uh, that can be a problem. I would say I am concerned about the age. I don't think it's primarily the reason why we're seeing the performances from him so far I think this is just kind of part of who Charlie Morton is like we've talked about um and I think the one thing that kind of gives me that kind of eases my concern a little bit is just that the stuff still looks very good like he's the slide it's not like he's dropping velocity on the fastball like that would be a serious indication to me that maybe the age or there's some sort of problem there doesn't seem to be any indication of that it seems to me like it's just one of those early season things where he's just still trying to find the release point consistently, trying to, you know, just find his footing and, and gain consistency. So we'll see. Hopefully he can turn around tonight. Um, speaking of a guy who kind of needs to turn around or is I think he's kind of turning around is Ian Anderson. Obviously, he started from a very low floor and he, I think he's been improving. But considering where he was starting from, he's still not the same Ian Anderson. But I got to say that I am I have been heartened by. You know, the, the moderate improvements that he's made um, the last couple starts based I'm you know, basing off of where he was when he first started, which was uh, really rough. I, I was about to say, it, is he pre- improving? I mean, I just the velocity's back up. The, 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 his is uh, his start. His first start of the season, the velocity was down, which was a concern. Yeah, well, I think his first start, he didn't even make it out of the what the third inning. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so now we've at least gone. You know, you're getting five or so out of him. Um, this one troubles me the most. Ian Anderson is like, you know, you want to talk about putting a red flag on a guy uh, from where we were last year. And then when we eked into the postseason and we didn't see his best stuff. And now he's starting this year and we're still not seeing his best stuff. Uh, the whole idea of this kid just has it. He's got the confidence. He's got it figured out. Not, not, not really feeling it there, uh, so much anymore. <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's just, and, and it's purely based on. I mean, obviously, uh, he's he's what lost um two of his starts, or uh, he, he's he's got a one and one win loss record. But yep. um, that first game, obviously, they pulled him before um, you know, he made it through three. It, it's just uh, <laughs> I don't I don't feel comfortable with him. Yeah, uh, no, definitely I'm, not. I'm just not. It, it's not the same confidence level. It's honestly, it, it's completely swapped with him and Kyle Wright. Like yeah. every time, <laughs> it, it's funny. Every time Kyle Wright goes out there now, I have Dude. no concern. Oh my gosh. And, and it's just so bizarre because yeah. now every time that, that Ian Anderson goes out there, I go, eh, not too sure. Dude, not, it's, not sure. It's so good. Kyle Wright, man. Yeah. I'm so happy for him too because it seems like it really seems and, like he has turned a corner and he's just in a different headspace, which is one of confidence. Yeah, well, it's so funny too because it's also brought out those like 
Ah, oh, I, I saw it the whole time, man. Uh, you know, I, I told you, know, Brave should have never, never given up on Kyle Wright. You know, like, we all knew this is the guy he could be. And I'm thinking, no, it's not. Like, what? No, everybody was, was I mean, comfortably willing to, to cut bait on Kyle Wright because the confidence wasn't there. He was walking, guys. He, he was having the same problems that, I mean, he was coming up at the same time as Ian Anderson, as, um, um, as Bryce, not Elder. Um, 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 Wilson. Yeah, Bryce yeah. Wilson. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he was coming up at the same time as Bryce Wilson, Ian Anderson, and um, he and Bryce were both struggling mm-hmm. while it looked like Ian Anderson had promise. And even, you know, it was bringing up Tucker Davidson, and Tucker Davidson was showing that he had some promise. And all, uh, you know, Waskari Noah was, 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 you know, a, a completely different guy at that time. Like, like things change, but don't, don't come out here acting like all of us who were calling for him to be another guy shipped out of here were crazy. Like, like he didn't have the confidence. He didn't have the command. Now he does. Uh, and I'm so glad because honestly, I mean, Braves desperately need what he is bringing every fifth day mm-hmm. or sixth day, I guess I should say. Uh, but I mean, they need that. And I have no re like I have reached the level now with Kyle Wright. I am no longer thinking, is this the is this the start that it goes poorly? Right, right. It may happen. Yeah. It could, but I'm just not thinking that anymore. Even if it does happen, he's he's slated to pitch the the last game of this series against the Cubs. Even if he like does get hit around or something, like yeah, I'm I'm with you where I don't think it's going to be a long term thing. Like a, it's not going to be a trend, I don't think. I think that what we've seen so far is just a continuation of the guy that we started to see, you know, when he came in the World Series last year, which is great to see. And it's funny when you look at his uh, his FIP as fielding independent pitching, that's kind of that's supposed to kind of take um the the volatility out of the ERA and sure. it's actually less. It's a zero point seven two FIP versus his one point oh six ERA. So while that we're obviously still very early in the season, he's only faced sixty six batters. Um, that's still that's still just incredibly impressive to see. So uh, good job uh, for Kyle. And then finally Bryce Elder. Um, he's kind of one who started strong and has started to sputter a little bit. I still am a little bit encouraged by the way he's been able to manage his last start, even though he walked a, did he walk like six guys? I think in that start it was bad. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a lot. Yeah. Terribly inefficient, but he still made it through and he still at the end of the day gave the team a chance to win. I don't think he's going to be in the starting rotation the entire season. You know, I think he'll probably lose the job at some point, but I, I mean, I, got to be happy with what he's been able to provide the team with so far. Yeah, I think both both Bryce Elder and Spencer Strider now have had their moment of oh, okay. They're like they 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 aren't perfect. You know, mm-hmm. they aren't these just uh they aren't machines that that come out there and just you know, well, Bryce Elder is never mowing anybody down, but just the fact of he was coming out there and um looked so good in that first start and he was backed up by his first start the Braves scored 16 runs you know so yeah <laughs> you do that and everybody just feels really comfortable I actually didn't realize Joe uh his second start in San Diego he walked five guys yeah he did in yeah. that game and then go- gone on to walk six so yeah you have to kind of watch the command and Wonder how long this thing's gonna gonna stick around. The thing that Bryce Elder has on his side <laughs> is simply the fact of who are you gonna go to? Like, um, it's not like you're gonna at least I wouldn't. Not like you're gonna start Tukey 
Uh, Waskari Noah clearly has got to work through some stuff down in Gwinnett. So he gets some time, mm-hmm. although I still, still, still want to see a Spencer Strider start. Yeah. Uh, I, I still want to see a Tucker Davidson start. Uh, and yet we're kind of being held from that for the time being. However, if there is a move to be made, it, it, uh, if if Bryce struggles again in his next start, I think that's going to be it for a so while. I, I think I think, while. I think Strider would be next in line to get the start. Like if they if they need to replace Elder, I think the easiest best move for the Braves would be to to use Spencer Strider. But um and I I don't with you. think they will. But I I agree, but I don't think they will. I've heard too many people around the Braves organization and and people who talk to important people, Peter Moylan being one of them, who said they see uh <laughs> They see essentially a Jesse Chavez kind of situation. Like uh, yeah, Spencer Strider yeah. could be an opener. I don't. But... I, I actually, as much as I want him to be a like, I want him to be a starter. I want to see him actually start a game. I don't hate the way that they've used him in that role this no, season. Okay. I feel like he's still been a weapon for the team, like in a positive way. He's been pitching, you know, long long relief innings in terms of his outings, but he's been in close games. It's not like he's been, he's not getting thrown into these games where they're already down and out of it, you know? So, um, he's actually been useful in that respect. Yeah. And I, that's why I would love to see him start. I would love to see him open. Uh, however, it seems more likely that the Braves kind of like using, uh, just because he's got, I mean, Throwing 101, um, you know, and just smoking it past guys. And when you can pull that out and use that at a moment's notice in an important game versus just getting him a start every fifth day, uh, I understand it. Even if I don't agree, yeah, (laughs) it's so fun that the Braves. It's so fun that the Braves have their own toy that can throw 100. Yeah, it's fun. We've been waiting for for one. All right, you want to get into some quick hits before we get out of here? I know sure, we, we, got, go. we got to wrap up in a few minutes, but I just thought there were some interesting uh, things. Um, MLB will allow teams to carry 14 pitchers through May 29th, yeah. uh, pushing just, that match. We just change the rules whenever we <laughs> yeah. want, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, honestly, Joe, the thing that I said to you the other day, like like uh, the fact that you know our, our president has kept pushing back the moratorium on the student loan debt repayment mm-hmm. uh, has, has definitely been a benefit to... At least one of the people on this podcast. Uh, I don't know about you, but I know me. Uh, it's just, every time I see that date get pushed back, I'm like, "Hey, cool, you know." Like, uh, <laughs> Not against this, yeah, yeah, yeah so. you know. But so I, I say all that to say, it's just funny to watch Major League Baseball be like, eh, "We're we're monitoring the health and safety <laughs> of our players," yes, and we decide we're gonna push this thing back a month. And I honestly wouldn't be completely surprised if. Somewhere towards the end of May, if they're like, yeah, we're going to kick this thing to the end of June or something like that. You right. know, it, yeah. it's just Why one not? of those. And it probably helps um, every team, you know. Yeah, so. honestly, uh, because you need more arms because guys clearly aren't as stretched out. Um, I think teams like normally... I think teams like just having the extra arm for like yeah. when they get blown out, they just need trash well, innings to get thrown, you know. Well, and honestly, Joe, I wonder about like a shift in just this rule in general, because. We don't have any pitchers hitting anymore. Like we don't mm-hmm. need so many position players because you don't have as many pinch hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, with the designated hitter, like you, you would rather use it more on arms. Um, so it does make sense that yeah, we're shifting from uh, a May second having to trim rosters to only hold thirteen pitch or thirteen pitchers to now uh, they can carry fourteen through May twenty ninth. Yeah, I so, don't know how much it changes for the Braves, right. but 
I think a lot of people like you just got to remember like the, the rosters will still be trimmed. It's, this is just yes. an amount the amount of how many pitchers you're allowed to carry. So when we figure in Acuna and all that stuff like that all is going to well, pretty much stay the same. I was about to say it, it it might make it a little tricky for the Braves um because obviously what's going on with their outfield situation um that you know having to trim rosters not not exactly the most convenient thing for them right now although I think they'll manage just fine cuz there's a there's a bunch of arms that yeah. the Braves have that gonna, they're not even touching. I was going to say I actually think the Braves might go with 13 even even though they're allowed 14 cuz like yeah. Jackson Stevens like they can just yeah they can well, just option and, Jackson Stevens. And William Woods, they yeah, just brought up they just the brought other night. Up. Yeah, it's just one of those that. Yeah, it's, it seems like guys that. Um, He's another guy who might, can throw a hundred, by the way. William uh, Woods, so um, that'll be fun. I, I I've heard the name. I haven't honestly just haven't paid much attention to him. Yeah. Um, but a guy, you know, guys that they might cycle through later in the summer, kind of thing, but that they don't particularly need right now. Yeah. Um, really quickly, because I we only have like a minute left. Um, dead ball. I this was just like in my head last <laughs> night because there was like yeah. four balls at the warning track. Uh, and you mentioned it's... it earlier, and I just did just want to say I went back and read the the passing piece because we were talking about it last night. All thirty MLB teams are using the humidor this season, which potentially could play part of this. But the but the interesting thing is that. He said that the humidor, the purpose of the humor is not so much to like deaden the ball as it is to make the balls more consistent, which goes in direct opposite to what you were saying earlier with um, the the certain Mets, Mets pitcher who yeah, uh, was yeah. talking about the inconsistency. So yeah, Chris Bassett is the one who who addressed the media last night. He completely ripped him. He said MLB hmm. has a very big problem with baseballs. They're bad. Everyone knows it. They don't care. Uh, he actually he had some additional colorful language to add uh, to what he was saying, but essentially like, he talked about you know like the uh, um, like the threads you know I mean you're you're yeah. dealing with with height of the baseball um, and now now that- we are back to watching guys like Garrett Cole you 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 got sticky stuff again you know like- there was. There was there was some science done in t- 2019 when the ball was flying, saying that it was like more spherical, like the the laces yeah. were not protruding as much, so it was more aerodynamic. So yeah, I wonder if that has something to do with it. And, and it, but it seems like the pitchers are saying to Major League Baseball, "Hey, there's no consistency, and and maybe these humidors are, are an attempt to try to make them somewhat similar, mm-hmm. uh, so guys know what they're throwing." Because I mean, that's just insane to think that you could go. Uh, ball to ball and it's such an exact science and Bassett's comments came after guys getting hit in the face you know like like he doesn't want guys getting hit no no major league pitcher really yeah. wants to hit guys yeah. uh unless you're Don Mattingly but yeah. uh yeah you know it just it's Max something Reed to drilled keep a guy an, last night it, yeah it's, it's something it to keep an eye on uh that's just so wild you you just don't see in other sports and it's something that major league baseball Needs to get a grip on, um, and yet I'm not so sure they will just because, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Rob Manfred's still in charge, so oh, there we go. Last thing, uh, I just want to mainly give a shout out to Austin Riley 
for being like the season's early early season MVP front runner. Uh, the guy is absolutely incredible. His, his average exit velocity, 94th percentile, um, hard hit percentage, 96th percentile in, in MLB, uh, expected batting average, 94th percentile, expected slugging percentage, 99th percentile, 91st percentile in barrel percentage, just across the board, just killing it. So great job, Austin Riley. I thought he would underperform. We both talked about him being yeah, our, yeah, our, our, uh, our underperformer this year, but he's just picking up where he left off so good for him uh it's one of those uh, i'm never i never mind being wrong yeah exactly this direction yeah when it's a guy overperforming or, or just continuing to to have a really consistent season yeah keep it going uh thanks everybody for listening into batter up catch us next week as we uh finish out this homestand and head on the road the braves do and we'll see do we have more concerns next week or maybe Please we're no. a little bit relieved? Yeah, right. <laughs> but everybody, thanks for listening to Batter Up. For my co-host, Joe Patrick, I'm Caleb Johnson. Take care. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t